It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast. Zach Blackerby and Michael Pappas here with you. Pappas, what's up, man? You know what? I'm looking forward to another great weekend on the Plains. I love that. The pageantry, the white tents are going up on campus as mm-hmm. we speak. Mm-hmm. Last Getting week, excited. You know, the last two weeks we got a lot of positive feedback uh, and, and talking with an Oregon rider as well as a two-lane rider. So guess what we're doing this Wednesday? Today. Guess. Hint, we've done it the last two Wednesdays. Uh, talking to an Oregon beat rider. No. Talking to a Kent State beat writer. Uh, my next guest was a Tulane beat writer. You're so funny. <laughs> you know, Alan Moff, a beat writer for Kent State for the Record Courier newspaper up in Canton, Ohio, recordpub.com. And I think it's, uh, it's actually a good get, one, because he's the only uh, Kent State beat writer I could find on Twitter. And two, Phil Steele, the GOAT, follows him on Twitter. Yeah, you came into my office earlier today. You were very excited. I was you, I was really jealous of Alan that Phil still follows him. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a big get for uh, for Alan. What's the first question you think we should ask him? Uh, I think we should answer the phone. Hello, how are you? Do you have any questions for us? <laughs> Boom! Like, right off the hello, bat. hey guys. Like, hey Alan, thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, so, what's your first question for us? <laughs> how? Uh, yeah, I mean, we're ready when you are. I'm going to ask about the Woody Barrett situation. So let's jump into that interview, Michael Pappas. Are you ready for it? Let's do it. But first, the mic popped again. Sorry. You just yelled. I just just screamed into the microphone. microphone. Goodness. Gosh. I was a little scared. I want to give some love to our friends at Vivid Seats. Do it. We've talked about them throughout the week this week. But Vivid Seats, they make going to games easy as possible. I absolutely love it. You can make a memory that lasts a lifetime. Go with your family. Uh, if you're a dad, listen, take your kids. And let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Go see your Auburn Tigers. Go see the homecoming game this weekend as the Tigers host Kent State. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100. I did this. I used the promo code KICKOFF uh, to save money on the Ohio State-Michigan State tickets that uh, Lee and I are going to do, are going to use uh, when we go up to Columbus instead of uh, going down to Gainesville. Leah? Leah's my wife. Okay. Sorry. We're married. But yeah, and we have a happy marriage solely because of Vivid Seats. I mean, I'm not married, nor do I have a girlfriend, but if I did, I would assume that she would be happy about me saving money. Yeah. Therefore, I think my hypothetical wife would love vivid seats yeah so enter promo code kickoff at checkout to receive a discount of up to 100 dollars. and go ahead and do that for any auburn games you want to go to this season you got georgia and alabama at home people go do it so once again kickoff at checkout to receive a discount of up to 100 dollars. right now on vivid seats the cheapest tickets to the auburn game auburn kent state this weekend against kent state are six dollars so that is a deal. Get on vivid seats, get in the upper bowl, cheer on the Tigers. Promo code kickoff at checkout. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. 
Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. And we are now joined by Alan Moth, Kent State beat writer for the Record Courier newspaper, recordpub.com. Alan, how you doing today, man? Doing well. How about you guys? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So, yeah, all summer we kind of, uh, down here in Auburn, we touted this game as like the the Woody Barrett revenge game. And, and it looks like uh, it looks like he's not the starter at quarterback anymore. Kind of what, what was the what was the recent development with that? Well, I caught me by surprise, caught everybody off uh, by surprise last weekend when he didn't start against Kennesaw. Um, he started the opener. Obviously, he had, a, he had a nice year last year. He showed a ton of ability, especially at the MAC level. Guy his size, uh, you know, pretty big arm, huge recruit. <laughs> you know, it didn't really seem to be uh, just a matter of time before he stepped in there. And once he did, you certainly didn't think he would ever step out. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, he, he started against Arizona State in the opener, struggled. Uh, they brought the backup Dustin Crum in. He struggled, and then they went back to Woody, and he led him on a touchdown, and everything just seemed to be fine, you know, as going into the next game. But, uh, uh, Crum started against Kennesaw and basically played the entire game. Um, obviously, you know, filled with a lot of questions about why that was. I think basically what's going on, um, the best I can figure is that uh, you know he's always you know, Coach Lewis has always really praised Dustin Crum for doing everything right, everything he's asking his the people in his program to do. You know he's trying to get a program that's been bad for a long time turned around, mm-hmm. and I think he's trying to reward a guy who's doing what he's asking, and, and maybe Woody isn't quite doing everything that they wanted him to do, and. Um, so the next thing you know, uh, you know, Crum starts and, and plays decent against Kennesaw, and he really won't say who's going to start against Auburn. Um, really wouldn't surprise me every way. I would think Crum would, would would start again based on how he did last week, but uh, you know, it's still kind of a mystery going in. <laughs> is is there any chance that the coaching staff kind of looks at Woody Barrett's path to Kent State? Obviously, spent some time at Auburn, kind of gives him the nod just for you know sentimental purposes, or do you do you think this is Crum's job to lose now? Um, yeah, I don't think he's going to go the sentimental route. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever decision he makes is going to based on, be based on whatever he thinks is best for his team, uh, short and long term. Um, you know, like I said, he's really making a big deal about every single position, having to compete every single day, every single week, and, and not you know separating the quarterback position from the rest. So, fill us um, in about know, the. I would think of Crum. Uh, I'm sorry to cut go you ahead. off, Alan. Uh, yeah. So uh, as far as the rest of this. Kent State offense. I mean, outside of the quarterback position, what can what can Auburn fans expect to see from this Kent State offense? What's the offensive line look like? What kind of scheme do they run? How about these receivers and running backs? Kind of give us a a, a preview of what this Kent State offense looks like. Mm-hmm. Well, they like to go up tempo, um, which is kind of what uh, Sean Lewis has, has kind of built his resume on. Um, you know, they like to run a lot of as many plays as they possibly can. When they're rolling, when they're doing things that they want to do, they try to just get up to the ball and snap, 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 um, you know, dictate tempo. Yeah. Um, you know, their offensive line took a couple hits last week. They lost two starters during the game, one of which came back. Um, and Nate Warnock, their center, who's, you know, probably their best offensive lineman, he did come back in the game. But uh, they're both kind of questionable for this week. Um, you know, it's not a not an offensive line that had depth in the first place. So if those guys can't go, that's a major, major concern. It's a major concern 
just matchup wise if they're all healthy coming into this game. But yeah. you throw those guys out of there, and that's a that's a that's a problem area there to to, to watch for, no question. Um, you know, as far as their their, their uh, you know wide receivers, running backs, they got a big running back, Joel Shaw, um, who's finished last year real strong. He's about a 230 pound guy that you know kind of the middle guy, the guy that runs up the middle, and then they got a kind of a scat scat back type uh, Xavier Williams. Uh, they'll both see action. Um, they usually go on only one back, so you'll see one of those guys at a time. Sure. Um, you know, wide receiver wise, you know, at the MAC level, they've got a pretty good mix of veterans that are smaller, and then they got a bunch of younger guys that they brought in that has some height, that you know, some size that's really been missing in the program for a long time. Um, Isaiah McCoy is off to a real nice start. He's a six-three sophomore who um, he had like 120 yards last week uh, against Kennesaw. He's got some speed, but uh, you know, he causes a lot of matchup problems. At this level, at the MAC level, and, and based on who they normally play, just because he's six three and, and can go up and get a ball, now you know it's a little bit different playing Auburn, but uh, we'll see how that goes. But that's that's pretty much what they try to do offensively. And what about on the defense? What can we what can we expect? You know, the offensive line is for Auburn has struggled through the the first two first halves of games. Really, um, is this defensive line for Kent State? Are they going to come in, and are we going to see? the Auburn offensive line have the same kind of struggles? Well, I mean, coming into the year, their defensive line was the biggest question mark. They lost, uh, you know, every starter up front. Um, actually, that unit has played pretty well so far. Uh, one guy has really stood out, Theo Majette. He's a senior who um, was kind of a role player before this year, but he's really stepped up into kind of the leader up there, and he's played real well. He's getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. Um, you know, they just go three guys up front. Uh, they try to do a lot of things with their linebackers. Um, as far as you know, showing outside of rush and that type of thing, and dropping guys back, um, they mix things up a lot. They they try to attack a lot more this year than they had last year because they've got a lot more experience. Um, Nick Faulkner is a guy that uh, he's a senior who you know they he's listed as a linebacker. He'll move him up on the line. Um, you know he'll rush. He'll drop back. He actually you know, had a huge play last week in the game where he dropped back. You know, 240 pound guy. You know, covered a running back on a deep ball and knocked it away to kind of keep them where they were at is a big part of the game. So, um, you know, versatile guy there. Uh, Peter Phillips, uh, their junior linebacker, inside guys, probably their best player. He's kind of the guy they're building around, you know, this year and next year um, from that from that spot. And then, you know, at the back end, they got a pretty good couple pretty good cover corners at this level. <laughs> Again, uh, Jamal sure. Parker, senior, Elvis Hines, junior. Um, you know, guys with a lot of experience. Uh, you know they're they're smaller guys though. Uh, uh, matchup problems there, obviously playing in Auburn, but uh, very good athletes and a lot of experience. And then uh, the guy to watch at safety is uh, Quantrez Knight. He's uh, new to the program. He's a transfer from Maryland who filed for immediate eligibility from the NCAA and was eventually awarded that. Um, you know, kind of a, a little bigger, a little better athlete than they're used to having here. He's a six foot, about you know, two hundred pound guy who has played some you know high level football and is, you know very intriguing guy for Kent State. You know, what were the expectations, what are the expectations for this Kent State team, um, not just for this game, but for for their whole season in their conference? Well, I mean, expectations at Kent State are typically not very <laughs> not very high. They've had three winning seasons since 1978. Pretty much tells you what you need to know there. Um, I think the MAC in general isn't real strong this year. There's some, there's definitely a chance for a team like Kent State to get things rolling and, and do a lot better than people would think. Um, you know, Lewis only in the second year. He's still trying to establish a lot of things, but at the same time, um, they definitely think they can compete in the MAC. There's no question. Um, you know, they've got a fairly 
you know, decent amount of experience on both sides. Uh, like I said, the league doesn't seem to be all that strong this year. So, um, you know, they feel good about their chances of, you know, I don't know about making a run for a championship. Obviously, they'll say that, that, that that's a, an expectation. I don't think that's so realistic, but they could definitely compete in the league this year without a question. One of the big things they need to do is come out of games like this healthy and, uh, you know, hopefully make a good showing to carry some confidence into those league games. Alan, the spread about the uh, the spread of this game, depending on where you look, I mean, it, it's around 35 and a half, 34 and a half. I mean, is that kind of what you're expecting going into this? It being about a a five score game or so, or do you think do you think Kent State has a chance to kind of stall Auburn early on? I mean, Michael mentioned in an earlier question the offense has kind of been slow to get going early in games for Auburn, or, or do you think the matchups in this game, just as far as size and, and speed and all that, will kind of uh, it won't matter. Yeah, that seems like a pretty good line to me. This is a definite. This is a mismatch, no question. <laughs> I mean, yeah. they're they're uh, they're trying to get things going, but they're not at the level yet where they should be able to compete with an Auburn, unless Auburn has one of those days. Um, you know, turnovers being being the great equalizer. But uh, you know, they're still trying to get on track. Um, they will come in and compete. That's the one thing. Like that, the previous coach would kind of just try to survive these types of games because Kent State plays three of them a year, which is crazy. But mm-hmm. uh, this being the worst, but you had a Wisconsin and Arizona State in there as well, and that's a tough non-conference schedule. Wow, so, yeah, really. Um, you know, they have their league opener next year or next week, so that's a huge game. So, you know, on paper, this is a survival game. <laughs> Just try to get out of there on, you know, and, and, you know, be healthy. But he doesn't, you know, he's trying to set a precedent within his program. He does not treat the games like that. They will go down there trying to win a football game. Uh, they will try. They will you know, I mean, a couple years back, they Kent State played Clemson and threw the ball like five times. Um, that's not going to happen. They will come in here and, and they'll do what they do and they'll try to, you know, try to take a game into the fourth quarter and see what happens. You know, crazier things have happened, I guess. But mm-hmm. uh, on paper, it's, it's as much of a mismatch as you would think. Sure, <laughs> sure. And, I mean, is there any kind of locker room talk, inspiration stuff about you know, this weekend is, is, is Auburn's homecoming. You know, you never really want to be listed as a homecoming opponent. Is there is there any kind of, you know, using that as motivation to get this team fired up? Well, you know, they've played so many of these types of games, and I guess that's the one benefit is that, um, you know, they're not going to be, quote-unquote, intimidated by going to Auburn. I mean, they're right. very similar places. I know they're all a little bit different, but I don't think that aspect of it really will bother them that much. I mean, they're used to that as much as used as used to as you can be. Um, they know they're the huge underdog. They'll go in there with nothing to lose and all that type of thing. Um, it's just a matter of you know the fact that you're just lined up with guys that are better than you and, and the depth situation. Um, you know, would definitely seem to come into play at some point or another, whether it be early or late. But they, I don't really think that'll be a factor, honestly. Alan, do you have a score prediction for Saturday? I'll go 40, 40 48-10. Okay. All right. All right, so that would have Auburn covering just barely. So, mm-hmm. Alan, thank you so yeah, much for your thinking that number. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Alan, thank you so much for your time this morning, man. Where can people find uh find all of your Kent State uh Kent State football coverage uh for this week? Yeah, recordpub.com. That's the primary place and then uh if you get on there, there'll be other uh, branches off of that, but that would be the place to go. Awesome. Alan, thank you so much for your time and you have a good one. All right, thanks a lot. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. Their sudden braking puts you in a 16-car pileup that's anything but sweet. 
And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this is worse than a busted bracket. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. I want to give a shout out to our friends at Fetch Me. They are run by an alum of Auburn and have the greatest variety of restaurants to order and get your meal delivered in Auburn and Opelika. If you are looking to have your family meal delivered in less than 40 minutes, you need to go to Fetch Me. Fetch Me has a great selection of anything you want, including meals from your favorite restaurants, groceries, and coffee. I have to say Fetch Me also has the friendliest and fastest service in town. Fetch Me does that because their mission to change the delivery experience by ensuring each order is delicious, accurate, timely, and most of all, you have a great experience. Fetch Me is the best in the business. Go check out Fetch Me at FetchMeDelivery.com and use promo code FetchMe20 to get your first delivery free. That's FetchMe20 for your first delivery free. Good stuff from Alan. Glad he joined us for a few minutes. What was your biggest takeaway from, from the conversation with him? That unfortunately it does not appear that Woody Barrett is going to have a revenge game. What if... Just follow me here. Because mm-hmm. if all the backups go in, if that backup platoon mm. goes in, you would think Woody Bear would be a part of that. Uh-huh. And if you're listening to this and going to the game, because you should go to the game, because Vivid Seats, if you have the Vivid Seats app, it makes it as easy as possible, right? Uh, absolutely. So if you're going and Woody Bear goes into the game, please clap for him. Yeah. I think that'd be a really cool moment for him. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I'm, I bet he's dreading coming back. I don't know this, but I imagine he feels kind of weird about it. And so, please, uh, please support Woody Barrett. Yeah, show him some love. Yeah, the whole Auburn family thing sticks together. You know, I think he enjoyed Auburn. I think he just wanted a chance to play, and I think he knew that he wasn't going to get a chance. And so, um, good for him for finding what's best for him. I, I, I hate that he went through all of that, and he's not going to be the starter because that's a bummer. Yeah. Because the guy has all the physical abilities in the world, it just didn't work between the years. I, I just don't think he really grasped the playbook. There was uh, the, the A-Day game that he was kind of featured in. I mean, he just looked lost, and I hated it for him because you know, he, he could throw the ball so far, you know, and he, you know, he, and he looks like it. You know, he looks like a quarterback, yeah. but it just didn't work out. But, um, yeah, I mean, this one of the stats that Allen said, Kent State's only had like three winning seasons. Since 1971. Something like Is that. that? That's crazy. You and I kind of looked at each other like, what? Yeah. I, Whoa. I mean, I can't imagine. Auburn fans like to be so dramatic about uh, how awful it is going eight and four or nine and three. But well, the the way their schedule set up, I mean, he mentioned they play Auburn, Wisconsin, and Arizona State. So yeah. it's like you're zero and three, and then mm-hmm. so you've got to go three games above your conference, and so it's tough. I mean, it would be tough because I assume most of their non-conference schedules are like that. Yeah, I agree that that's one of the reasons that typically um the uh the group of 5 teams don't go undefeated mm-hmm. because usually they have to play well, usually they get paid a whole bunch of money to come. Well, the school does. Remember, there's not enough money for the players. Yeah, that's we're talking sure, about the school though. Yeah, cuz I'm sure Kent State's getting they're getting over a mill, right? They've got to be. Georgia State got less than a mill to go beat Tennessee. That's one of the best stories in college football this year. I cannot believe that the lot, the spread on this game is higher than the spread on the Georgia State game, Georgia State Tennessee, because Georgia State was like the worst team in F- FBS football last year. Now it's Tennessee. 
<laughs> You're not wrong about that. They got to win a game first. So they get Chattanooga this weekend. I can't believe he's. I, I can't believe he still has a job. I can't believe it. If they lose to Chattanooga, do you think he'll get left in Newland? They'll just be like, don't, don't even go back in the locker room. <laughs> don't talk with the press. Like I thought he was going to get fired after BYU. So. Really? But surely after this one, if that happened, I don't think there's any way they lose this weekend. But, man, what if they do? Well, we, we thought that going into Georgia State also. <laughs> You're right. I picked BYU, but I, I just don't think they've got a chance I, to lose this week. I thought that Tennessee was going to come out and just whoop BYU. Mm-hmm. I was like, they have to make a statement. They have to. Well, they made a statement. Just a bad one. See, so, Auburn fans, it could be a lot worse than being 2-0. and mm-hmm. Yeah, being 2-0 and is not too bad. And just, <laughs> I'm going out on a limb here. I bet they win this Saturday. I bet, I bet Auburn goes 3-0. and You think so? I do. Hmm. I do. Interesting. Which player are you most excited to watch this Saturday for Auburn? And I'm kind of asking that towards the slant of a player that we haven't seen a whole lot of or you know, maybe not in a starting role because I assume these reserve guys will get more reps. Uh, DJ Williams and Matthew Hill. Both guys, I think, could be significant contributors heading down the stretch of the season. Um, obviously, they need kind of a number two running back to Booby Whitlow. Mm-hmm. If DJ Williams could step up and be that guy. Because you were scratching the yeah, mess out of your eye just then. It really kind of... My it, eyes it, got it, really itchy, and I don't know why. Um, They're red. You okay? Yeah. If you have pink eye, I'm going to lose it. I really hope I don't have pink eye. Me too. <laughs> Um, I don't know why. Quit scratching it, man. Leave it alone. <laughs> it's just so bad. Just let it water up. Just close your eyes and keep talking. <laughs> you look like you're so uncomfortable. I <laughs> the guy that I'm looking forward to seeing is Joey Gatewood, but I bet we don't see a whole lot of Joey. Really? Can I, can I give you a conspiracy theory? Why? Because if he looks good. Quarterback yeah. controversy. Yeah. Not even kidding. I, I, don't I, think, I bet we don't see – if we do see him, I bet he doesn't throw that much. Um, yeah, I don't think Because if he comes out and goes like seven for eight for like 100, over 100 yards and a touchdown, it's like, whoo, here it comes. Yeah. I, I'll lead the charge on it too. I'll do it. Um, I love the silver I mean, pot, baby. In that case, I feel like it would be smart to not play him. I don't think that's a big conspiracy theory. I think that's like a decent strategy. We don't need that noise. Um, he he made his back. choice. My thing is just Joey was so good to Auburn throughout his recruitment, and you just pay him back that way. And, and that, that's under the assumption that we're correct on this, and he doesn't play a whole lot on Saturday. But if they go straight from bow to cord, that's going to be wild. There's no way. There's no Oh, there's way. a way. Is it likely? I don't know. There's, there's no and, way. And if Joey just plays for a quarter or something like that, Bo plays the first half, Joey plays third quarter, Cord plays the fourth quarter, if you know, this beat down is as bad as we think it's going to be, and Joey just throws like three passes, that's going to be wild. Yeah, but I mean, there's also a flip side. What if they, Joey goes in and goes three and out three times, and then... I think that totally changes it then. Yeah. I, that, that, that is the other side of the coin, though. You're right. And then they put Cord in. Then everyone will be like, oh, okay. And then Cord goes 14 for 16 for 270. <laughs> Cord comes out in the fourth quarter. Slinging it. 158.3 QBR. <laughs> <laughs> then that's the quarterback controversy I'm here for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is it Bo or Cord? <laughs> or the other guy, the walk-on. Yeah. I don't remember his name. <laughs> 
Well, cool. All right. Sweet. Oh, I, I was trying to think what did Malzahn talk about because we recorded yesterday's show before Malzahn um, was done talking. Seth Williams, surpriser to no one, but he will not play this Saturday. That's really the only thing that I got out of yesterday's presser. Uh, yeah, that was pretty much it for me also. He said Anthony Schwartz was going to play more against Kent State than he did against Tulane. Still don't really understand why they keep trying to put him in games with a broken hand. Um, yeah. The Seth Williams thing is pretty obvious. I'm not too torn up about him not playing in the Kent State game. Like I said, I'm I'm excited to see Matthew Hill. I think he's a guy who could have a big role this season. Um, we've seen him a little bit in the first two games. But we haven't really hasn't really broken out. You know, mm-hmm. I feel like he could have a big day because he'll. I don't think he's really had the opportunity to. Yeah, I feel like he'll get reps with the ones and the twos. You know. Because he's kind of in that middle range, like wide receiver number three, four, five, somewhere in there. Yeah, but Sal Canella plays a lot. To oh, figure, so probably so, so like figure that four, out. five, six. Uh-huh. Sal Canella just... You love Sal Canella. I, so did that girl behind me at the game. <sighs> I just don't trust him. Like Whenever the ball's thrown towards him, I'm like, he's not going to catch it. He's not going to catch it. And every now and then he does. He's just, he, he looks the part. Is, and it's kind of frustrating because, like, he's got the physical assets that you want. He's got the hair. He's got the big frame. He's got the long arms. His hands look pretty big. It's just, I don't know. He, he's it, a wuss. Wow. I mean, they wow. brought him in as a tight end, and then he refused to block anyone. We don't so know they, if he refused to. Maybe he just wasn't good at it. Blocking is effort. Effort and technique. Spencer Nye does it well. Yeah, because he and you can tell he works hard. He puts yeah. in a lot of effort. Look at like I'm not disagreeing with you. Yeah, look at Gronk. When Gronk blocks, it's all about effort and technique. And those are guys. I mean, and, yeah, toughness. Yeah, so yeah. I, I feel you. Okay. And, and, and then he moves to wide receiver, and he makes one catch in the Washington game, and everyone, me included, was like, "Oh my gosh, here Sal he comes, Canella. buckle <laughs> up." And then what was that? <laughs> Where can people find you and hear you, bud? Um. On Twitter, at CouchPapTato, you can hear me on the SEC report from 7 to 9 p.m. on Thursdays. And after the game, live from Skybar with Dan Peck, every Saturday after the Auburn game. Love it. That's Michael Pappas. I'm Zach Blackerby on Twitter at ZBlackerby. The show is on Twitter at Locked On Auburn. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.